Story number one. The Lovers of War, written by some guy called Tsi. Before the human race was discovered by the galaxy at large, war was nearly unheard of occurrence. The sovereign enforced a peace throughout the sheer size of subjugation. Insurrections were swiftly put down, never allowed to fester into full-blown war. Considering the rude and barbaric by any species able to reach the stars, war had become a concept long abandoned by their respective histories millennia before any of their cultures began to explore the stars. That isn't to say that violence was unknown amongst the stars. Where there is life, there is strife. Humans, however, never overcame the warmongering ways. We did not shoot out of the stars as a united effort to bring the species together as one. Instead, we use colonization as another tool in our endless love of war. Warring factions grabbed up any planets that could sustain life or terraformed those that could not, in a bid for more resources to feed the war machines. In the span of only five human generations, humanity had exploded from being trapped in our lonely rock to colonizing 217 various planets, moons, asteroids, and orbital stations across 50 systems. In all that expansion, we had never found evidence of intelligent life. As far as we were concerned, we were alone in the universe. Until the day a ship belonging to the Sovereign appeared at the edge of human system named New Tar-6. Humanity was overjoyed to learn that they were not alone in the void. However, that joy turned bitter rather quickly. Humanity was offered a simple choice by the Sovereign that day. Bend a knee and join the Sovereign as a lesser caste until proving your worth, or be wiped from the galaxy. Two words replied to their offer glowed upon the Sovereign's view screens. Frack you. That day, the human colonies and new Tarsics burned. It took several weeks for reports of what happened on new Tarsics to spread to every human settlement. When it happened, the deals were broken, treaties signed, and agreements made. For the first time in her history, humanity stood together on a united front against a common enemy. And so humanity reintroduced the galaxy to war. It was twenty years of bloody warfare after the events of Newton 6 to the day that a massive human fleet the likes of which the galaxy hadn't seen warped into high orbit over the sovereign command world. Before the fighting erupted, a channel was opened and the commander of humanity's fleet made a statement. Humanity will not bend. We will not break. Our resolve will not falter. Humanity is no stranger to war. Our species has been at war with itself since our history began. Humanity has war down to a science. You brought us war, but you made one crucial miscalculation. We are better at it than you. The Sovereign received a single transmission after the fleet had swept aside the defense fleet and the orbital defense platforms as though they were children's toys. You asked us to bend the knee. Humanity will not bend. We will not break. Our resolve shall not falter. When you six, the feed cut to static. That day, the Sovereign's world burned. End of story number one. Story number two. The Sound of Silence, written by Mr. Jake the Impaler. Before the humans arrived, we never truly appreciated the silence and how beautiful it could be. The time in our councils, in our markets, life in general, there was a blissful lack of allowed conversations. Different races speak in different ways, 
but there was always an understood desire for quiet. Many council meetings included long stretches where the only noises would be that of the nearby machines. Then the humans arrived in the galactic scene, loudly, of course. Their ships screamed into the void space around them, several times larger and more powerful than required for their mission. Attempting to speak with them was too much for some of the other races. They required private messages for some years after humanity's arrival. It is hard for one who has never met one before to truly understand this concept. Humans at a normal volume are not that loud that it would damage the average being, but they speak with more than simple sounds. Humans communicate through words, tone, implication, the movement of appendages, posture of the body, pheromones, physical contact, and many other methods. You can even hear a human breathe from a short distance away, without them wearing a respirator. Most civilized races have streamlined or simplified communication, using as few of these methods as possible. Humans have yet to manage to agree on a single system of using those methods. After many cycles, the noise of the humans became accepted in most areas in the galaxy. They were a numerous, passionate people that thrummed with energy. Entire cities rumored to never sleep, a never-ending demand for the goods of those around them, whilst converting raw materials to unbelievable pace. The humans in the council tried their best. They really did. But once they joined, we knew that we would never again experience the blissful quiet that we had known before. Then they brought in their cameras, asking permission to broadcast the meetings to their people, claiming something about C-SPAN. We acquiesced to the deal, if only to make them be quiet. That held true until the Tsar Quatari began their war. They were another elder race, but had chosen to abstain from joining the council. They chose to live in isolated in their own system, foregoing their interaction with outsiders. Looking back, we really should have seen it coming. Tossed in tumultuous war, many thought that it would never experience that sense of quiet ever again, even those who never knew a human. The war went badly, a surprise attack from the advanced foe across several sectors. Several young races were enslaved or exterminated. The council argued furiously over what course of action to take. Some believed the Sakotari could be persuaded to stop the madness. Others screamed for conquest and glory. The human yelled, to be frank, I have no idea what they were yelling. But the council must always make a decision, and documentation of the war was presented before the delegation. After the stories of the war some form was played for the members, we watched in horror as it played the siege of Grotis VI, a hatchery world. A race had dedicated their entire small wall towards raising and educating of youths, as in common practice in multiple societies. When the footage ended, a wave of confusion rippled through the council. For the first time, that many could remember, there was silence. But this was not a blissful quiet that we had known before. From the human space, nearly all signals had ceased. The delegates did not speak, they did not move, they did not breathe. Their pheromones were quieted, not a signal to be heard. The human delegates stood, and I could see now slight trembles through one of their bodies and tears building in the eyes of another. They did not utter a word, simply filing out of the council chambers. Many eyes turned towards the human cameras. The operators were gone. A loud, passionate people disappeared in an instant. A weapon of cold, silent fury took their place. Ancient memories of a moment in the night resurfacing in many species. The moment 
when the night goes still, when even the wind is afraid to blow, right before a predator strikes, before the humans, we never truly appreciated the silence and how terrifying it could be. End of story number two. Story number three. I remember. Written by need of inspiration. I remember the day my brother was born. My father taking me by the hand to meet him for the first time. There in the hospital bed he looked so small in my mother's arms. So fragile. My father passed him to me helping me hold him and the feeding was indescribable. But I knew then that I needed to protect him. I remember him taking his first step slowly, cautiously lifting himself up onto his feet and stumbling across the floor. Father told me to let him figure it out as I went to help. I watched as he fell, but I was always there to help him back up, again and again. I remember playing with him in the woods near our home, a stick for a sword, slaying imaginary dragons and fighting off hordes of monsters. We were knights sworn to protect the world from evil. We were the heroes of the forest. I remember the fire as our house burned around us, grabbing my brother and shielding him from the flames. The blistering heat as it cooked my skin, smoke that pulled my lungs, the sweet breath of air as we made it outside. The weeks spent recovering, learning of our parents' deaths as my brother stood beside my bed. I could still see the flames as I closed my eyes, still feel the heat. I remember hearing further attacks on the news, thousands of homes, homes like ours burning as the fire rained from the sky. First contact with the lizards had been made, and it had been devastating. News of the ships in the sky, battles overhead as we attempted to fight back. Our weapons barely scratched them at all. Armies on the ground fighting, we'd lost much in the early days. They had thought to turn us to slavery, and so had refrained from the mass destruction that they were capable of. We learned fast, though, and war has always been a catalyst for advancement. As time went on, the battles became less one-sided. People were freed from their chains, and knowledge of the enemy was brought with them. I remember sitting with my brother watching from my aunt's flat as our leaders met theirs in front of the world. After years of war, peace was declared. I was still too young to know I'd never get my chance to join a fight against those who'd taken our parents from us. I remember humanity joining the galactic stage, discovering a community out there amongst the stars. Hundreds of races across thousands of worlds, the world progressed much further and faster in those years as technology was shared and we spread from our planet to others. We recovered as much of what we lost in the war and gained much more. I remember my brother's excitement when he introduced his future wife to me, a diplomat. Together they traveled the galaxy exploring new worlds and learning new cultures. As I flew freight, stuck behind the controls of a ship for days on end, he was my window to the wider universe sharing the sights. He had a son of his own and I couldn't have been happier for him. I remember the day that he was taken from me. His family visiting a newly discovered civilization as representatives of Earth. I was speaking to him and watched in horror on the screen as fire rained from the sky once more. My brother shouting for his wife and son. He told me that he loved me and he disconnected. I heard the news later that day. The lizards had struck again. Him and his family amongst the dead. 
history repeating itself and they thought they could take another world for themselves. Their leaders, unaware of humanity, making contact. As humanity cried in outrage, the galactic immunity ignored the attacks. The inhabitants too primitive to worry over. For all their advancement, they lacked the empathy that we had for all the oppressed race. But humanity remembered, and the call for war was sounded once more. The community spoke up then. They begged us to reconsider. It was not right for advanced races to fight, and besides, our race was too small, too new to fight them again. We would receive no help in the struggle. The fight was not ours or theirs to make, they claimed, but humanity remembered. I remember you, brother. Today, I joined the fight against the lizards. They took our parents from us. They took you and your family from me. Today, I take my sword, and I become a knight once more to rid this universe of evil. But no longer do I use a wooden stick. I now have a state-of-the-art gunship. If the lizards thought humanity would stop innovating new weapons because the war was over, then they really never understood humans. The war was long time past, and we have had plenty of time to prepare for another. Today, the lizards will remember me. End of story number three.